Want to know some more fun facts? Isn't it awesome to see some of your favorite content creators and favorite people, honestly, you follow here on this app be a part of this amazing community called The Nerd Initiative? The Nerd Initiative presents The Comic Press Podcast, hosted by JJ's Comic Stuff. Hello. <laughs> Every time, man. Well, well, that's all right. What is going on, everybody? Thank you for joining us once again on the Comic Press Podcast. I am your host, JJ, or JJ's Comic Stuff, or Jeremy, whatever you want to call me is fine with me. And I'm joined once hey, again by my guest. Yeah, I mean, you know, whatever. As long as you're not being insulting, I really don't care. Um, we've also got my co-host here, Michael, once again, Michael Rothman, co-founder of Nerd Initiative, and our special guest today. Please, everybody, say hello to Comic Book Stash. What is up, man? I do like being called special. Thank you. You're uh, welcome. <laughs> doing we were great, talking man. off camera that the, ma- the, the that stash <laughs> is special. It is, uh, it's everything it was cracked up to be. You know what? Thank you. I I've been trying to keep it as nice as possible. You have no idea the amount of time the amount of times we've started recording color break, and I have to say, give me one second, I have to trim it. it oh, you. I mean, because you can't have it looking. You know, you can't have a trashy stash, man. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Does like food and stuff get stuck in there too? Or you know what? No, no, not no. at all. You know, see, my dad really had like a full-on beard, and that was a, a constant problem he had. You know, when before I grew it, I, I saw people in movies drinking milk, and it, it would always be a problem. That's awesome. So I just, so I just don't drink milk. Good. <laughs> <laughs> well, we like to start off every episode, man, by trying to get to know the guests a little bit better. And so before we get into any of the nitty gritty of today's episode, we got to know what is your nerd origin story, my friend? Well, let me think. Okay, so I, I've told this story a million times. And, and We've I've, all told our own stories so a million times, gonna, but gonna, hey, it's a new audience. So I've always told the story of how I got into comic books, which is, you know, to make it long story short, went to New York with my girlfriend. She said, hey, you're going to love this. I said, no. She took me to a store and I walked out. And then she took me again and I fell in love with it. Um, as a kid, when I, I think I was five probably. It's 2002, 2003. My parents were selling their car. It was the first car I ever knew. And uh, I was super sad. I was crying all day. And my dad, to make me feel better, bought me uh, a toy of the Flash. Uh, come to find out, you know what, two decades later, it's uh, it's the reverse flash, but you know, let's ignore that. I just thought it was a, <laughs> a cooler flash, you know, in yellow. Um, and I don't know, that's just started this like I just hooked onto that character. I never really read the Flash or anything, and I vaguely remember watching, you know, Justice League animated show and and whatnot. But I don't know, I just started liking them, and then you know, The Walking Dead was a big part of it. I remember telling my mom, "Hey, I'm super scared to watch this, but people say it's good." And uh, she watched it with me. She got me, I think, the first 12 issues of The Walking Dead in oh, wow. Spanish. Oh, they're wow. somewhere in Ecuador, so maybe they're worth I was going to say, because you grew up in Ecuador. You didn't grow up yeah. here, did you? No, I moved here. I moved to the United States six years ago, I want to say. So that's been a fun experience. But yeah, I mean, somewhere in Ecuador, in one box, there's 12 issues of The Walking Dead, 
first printing in Spanish that are not bagged, not bought. You don't have them? Wait, you don't have them? They're in the stores unit in Ecuador. I could find them like next time I go. I just haven't been oh, since wow. I started collecting. That's cool. Because I mean, international comics are huge now. Like I, I, I'm seeing them more and more, especially the you know the vintage ones. And I, I mean, I hate to call the Walking Dead vintage, but it's obviously a seminal book, right? It's like a very important book in in if you want to call it indie comic history but in general just it it's start you know it really is a, is a bit important book so that's fascinating that that's I mean, how it's you got been at it. least it's been at least 10 years since i got him so i mean i did like him i do prefer him in english funny enough but you know it's whatever but then why, uh, how, why is that you think i don't know i always uh so in ecuador you you did get movies and all of that i don't want to i don't mean to talk trash about it or i don't want to curse either so, but, um, my dad would travel a lot and, uh, my dad lived here for a portion of time when I was a kid and he would bring me VHS tapes and, you know, just movies in English. So I did grow up listening to English as like my main like movie or TV language. Okay. And I don't know, it's, it stuck with me. I just liked it. And I like reading in English and actually in Ecuador to graduate high school, you have to do like this, like thesis and it's like. 10 pages i don't know how long it is and i i did it in english like i it just felt natural oh. and they do teach you english over there but you know getting the accent was something when i found out i was moving here something that i really tried to get down i was gonna say because when you and me first started actually talking and hearing each other you told me that you were like always battling an accent i'm like dude yeah. i cannot hear it like wow. I mean, yeah, I, I, you, you could fool me. Like when you said six years, I was like six years. That's yeah, what I'm saying. Man. Like when I first met him, I thought he'd always been here, but like. No, June, June, 2016 was when I moved. Wow. So, that's crazy. That's crazy. You what a small hell world, of a man. year to move here. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. I, I like a month after things started going crazy, but uh, I don't know, man, growing up, you know, walking dead was very important to me watching it with my mom every sunday and it was like a that's sort of like this religion that we had that's um so cool. and then i like going to the marvel movies you know i remember watching the first avenger you know captain america with my mom and uh my dad also liked the marvel movies and he still watches all of them with me or at least we'll watch them separately and talk about them it's like the first thing i do just call my dad like hey what you think of man man and i, I don't know awesome. it was I always felt like an outsider or a nerd and maybe didn't like fully commit to it until recently, but no shame. It's great. Yeah. Well, especially once you get over that, like there's, there's like a stigma I think left over from like the eighties and nineties of what a quote unquote nerd is. And then nowadays it's cool to be a nerd, man. So when (laughs) when you actually are able to just say, screw it and be yourself, it feels so much better. Yeah, we don't we don't really look like a uh, Peter Parker in like the fifties, you know, or the sixties. Yeah. <laughs> a forty five a forty five year old high school student, Peter Parker in the in the with, 60s. with the pocket protectors <laughs> yeah. and all you know all the rest of it. No, it's it's funny. I'm um, being nerd is something that I have always known. I've been you know I always like the uh, comic book related things at least, video games. I've never been much of a gamer, but I've liked watching people play. Like before YouTube. I watch my cousins play and I'd just be like, mom, buy me this game. And then my cousins would play it and I'd just be watching them play it. And uh, I did feel like there was this like, uh, 
I don't know this imposter syndrome because I don't I don't feel like I dress at least to what people expect me to dress you know by being a nerd. But it's people every nerd dresses differently, you know. I was gonna say, yeah. I mean, look at Longbox, man. He'd be showing up in some of his videos in like a straight three piece tuxedo, like. <laughs> fancy always dressed yeah. to the nines That's, you know if i have the excuse to wear a suit i will it's, it's oh i know you guys that was like one of the because i remember you guys did an episode of color break recently that was the award show you guys did yeah and all three of you had the three-piece suits on and stuff or at least the suit we didn't, jackets. We didn't need to do it it was my i just wanted to That's they, hey they but it, to it, it sold the bit dude i don't know i like i like i like dressing up i like clothes you know, <laughs> my brother always makes fun of me if I'm going to like the the supermarket. I'll put on like a button up, you know, like a short sleeve, and he's like, "You're gonna buy milk? Come on, man!" <laughs> so what? Now. What I want to know is because obviously, not you know, for people that are international um, and don't know other languages, or or vice versa, what doesn't translate in comics? Because obviously, like it's 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 hard with different languages for everything to translate exactly. Is there some kind of weird, funny quirk? You know, when when you read comics, whether it's in you know, in a different language that doesn't translate, and you kind of makes you giggle, where it's you know, it just doesn't fully compute a hundred percent. I can't I can't really like talk about. Com I mean, I, I can give you like short answer. There's not one Spanish, you know. Uh, most comics are written here in the U.S., so there's like a somewhat unified language. But um, go to Mexico, go to Ecuador, Colombia, they're different languages entirely. Mm. So what they do for most kid children's TV and uh, books, um, they're, they're, there's two things they can do. They, they can either go for like Spain Spanish or they can go for um, some of this centralized uh latino spanish that i like mm. to call it so it's sometimes that there's words that i will never say it's just like that word doesn't exist in my vocabulary and when i hear it it makes sense like i know what they're talking about but in my brain i don't use it and movies i, I mean i studied film and there's something so weird about watching someone speak and then their voice just doesn't match the movement of, the, of their lips. So weird. <laughs> so there's, weird. There's some places. So like you're, if it's you're, you're animated, a dumb guy, not a sub guy? Depends. Uh, animated things, I can watch them uh, dubbed over because. It's not as accurate anyway. Yeah, but like, like if you're example, watching like a, like a foreign film or something, you you yes. don't like the dubbed no, version watch, of I'll it. No, I'll watch the subtitles. Okay. Um, I, I would say like a good example is uh, for me, Shrek. And there's like a. I don't know if it's a hot, you know, like take, but Shrek in Spanish to me is way better. Really? I just really love Shrek in Spanish. That's cool. Huh. Shrek, I'll have to, I'll have to look it up and watch it in Spanish cool. just That's to cool. see what you're talking about. Uh, I'll die what? on that hill, you know. <laughs> was Quid Game dubbed or was there subtitles? I can't remember. No, it was subtitled. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I would rather a subtitle where they're speaking in the native native language and because mm -hmm. the dub, I mean, and Netflix is is leaning into this now, where with this dubbing and it kills me. Like if it's a good enough show, like again, like Squid Game, obviously a phenomenon, right? And everyone's watching it, and once you get into it, you know, you're reading it, and it it, it makes sense. The story, you know, the story translates, right? Like the gist of the story, and so 
it's if it's a good story, it's a good story. But when they dub it and they put like, and there's one I think now that's on Netflix that I couldn't get through that has different languages. So some of them are dubbed, some are not dubbed. Oh, it's like what? an international show. And so it's this uh, German slash American slash British, like, and, and it's. Did they, they just not want to pay for making different versions of it? Or I think, they, I think that was the whole point was to kind of have this like unified international thing. But the fact that they dubbed everybody or yeah, dubbed some people and it's like, you know, the classic, you know, Kung Fu movies where you just, it's the, it doesn't match up where it's no, never 100%. even good dubbing at all either. Yeah. Like the, the, emotion the actors is- had no clue what they were actually saying. Like, <laughs> Well, what I can what I can say about Shrek, just not to like talk about Shrek that much, is that it's one of the only movies where they're actually like they grab comedians who you know they were like, hey, we want you to do the voice of. Oh, Henry Lervais was the the actor who did Donkey, and they told he was like, hey, I want to like write my own jokes into it because some jokes just don't translate hmm. to a Latino audience, and they were like, yeah, go ahead, and that makes it a little bit better. Okay, you know? that's um, cool. And then as far as like. I do want to say anime. I don't watch a lot of anime. I've watched if I've watched two, that's too much. Um, <laughs> nothing against it. I think it's great. Actually, I, I really enjoyed the ones I've watched. I just haven't really committed to watching a lot of it. Sometimes when I'm watching TV, I like to multitask. You know, I'll be reading mm-hmm. comic books mm-hmm. and watching TV, which maybe isn't smart, but it's a thing I've done. And I can't, I can't watch it with subtitles if I'm like cleaning yeah. my room and have to like look at the screen the whole time. Right. Doesn't make for good background noise. (laughs) TV is this comfort thing that I do it to escape sometimes doing mundane tasks. So I can't put 100% of my my focus into it a lot of the times, you know? Right. Plus, it's it's the ADD culture that we live in. So I think we all, to some degree, we all have it and we all like... Oh, do. I'll be sitting here getting ready for a podcast, and I've got Star Trek playing on one screen. I've got Discord up on another screen. I've got this going. I like it's nonstop, man. Oh, I I, I like to I like to make the thumbnails for my podcast the day off, like the day of release. <laughs> I'll make the thumbnail on my phone. Um, <laughs> there was this there was this app, this photo. It was called Photoshop Mix, and it's not on the app store anymore. But I never deleted it from my phone. So I'll be working, taking calls, and just making thumbnails. It is, I don't know why my brain just it works like that. Hey, if it works, it works, man. That's, that's not what matters at the end of the day. You're not alone, my friend. It's it's all of us these days. We can uh, never. That's why I try to like start planning the next episode of this like right after the previous episode ends so i've got like a week ahead of time on it that, that you know what it's it, and it's i don't know about you guys but when you plan out things in advance it's super stressful it's <laughs> like for example me and cody were talking today and i'm not gonna say names but we were planning on people oh who should we have on the pod started like pitching names you know and it's like oh this person agreed to do it this one would be good and then i'm thinking like for example we're, we're all going to c2e2 um i don't think it's a secret uh, I know me and Cody plan to record an episode there, you know, like set up like in, in the closet. I don't know where it's just this isolated space Record it. So I already know that's going to come out April 7th. So if Far I, away. If, if Kevin Smith is like, Hey, I'll be on your podcast. I, I'm already like, Oh no. So it has to be April 21st for him to be on it. It's too complicated. <laughs> yeah. 
planning ahead that never Google works. Calendar is my best friend. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> no, I keep it all here. That's the dangerous part. I couldn't do it, man. There's no way I could do that. You want to hear the craziest thing? Um, and then <laughs> I'll stop. Um, I'm old enough to remember when like Wi-Fi and internet and smartphones weren't always prevalent. Mm -hmm. So I have yeah. distant memories of like, I wouldn't say working because I wasn't that old, but like whether it's school or whatever, leaving a place and going home and not having internet or email for like the cycle until the next day of going to work. So like not consistently checking yeah, my phone, yeah, not yeah. having, I mean, it takes it back to the ADD culture, but not having that access and I mean, I hate to say the cliche thing, but man, it was a simpler time. Like it really was, though, because so, I I've, I can still remember those days, and like, because I, I grew up like right at the tail end of that, and it's like, yeah, it was, yeah, way was slower paced back then. I was born in '98, <laughs> but you know, first phone they didn't even have color on the screen; it was mm -hmm. green and darker green. You know, so I do remember those like simpler times. I would say like in my teens, we started like more into like instant messaging and you know just texting mm -hmm. people but there was a big portion of my my you know formative years where it was just like yeah i could play games on my computer but i wasn't on youtube all the time and right exactly i remember the first time i went on youtube yeah so, so could i yeah. it's crazy man so there's really no good way to segue from that into this, but our next topic here is the question we asked of people online as well. Single issues, trades, or omnis, what is your preference, guys, and why? Because a lot of people have a lot of different answers mm. to this. I picked out a few that I'll show here in a minute. Yeah, I, I brought uh, examples. I don't know if you guys want me to start or you guys want to start. but I'll, Yeah, I, I mean, that's, a, that's great because I actually was going to ask, like, Clear, you know, single issues, and I think omnibuses are pretty prevalent. What's the difference between a single issue and a trade? Like, what's? Oh, I, so I was like, say, I promise you, he's got some. I can show some. We got uh, issue number one, a blue book over here by James Tinian the Fourth, which I haven't read, but it's Aliens, and I love it. And then this right just, here, I've got volume five of Something Is Killing the Children, which is five single issues in one book. Yeah, so this that's is a trade. Is a, there's around 28 pages for the single issue. I would say is like the standard. Then you know we have trades. I have a uh, Enter the Blue by uh, Dave Chisholm. Amazing book. It's about jazz. If you like jazz, that's cool. Uh, then there's this weird um, the mask that's called uh, an omnibus, but it's a trade that mainly indie comic books do. I would say there's like two trades in one. Then. Uh, we have oversized hardcover, which is, this is what, this is the same as a trade. They just made it bigger and they made it hard. And they made it a hardcover so they can charge yeah. you an extra $3. Exactly. And then well, we the have killing jokes. So it's probably like the 45th reprint because, you know, they're trying yeah. to continue to keep that going. And then you oh, got yeah, that, which they also call an omnibus or a collected edition or yeah. a compendium or, you know, they've got a bunch of different names. That's why this I kind of tried to keep it to the three names. That is dope. single issues. Trades, is what, a thousand pages. Right, wow. I think this one's that's what I consider an omnibus. That yeah. is what I could like a full big collected edition, yeah. Because there's books that like are big collected editions, like for example, Strange Adventures, mm -hmm. great book, and it's a collected edition, but it still feels like an easy read, like you can read it in one sitting and it's not gonna fry your brain, right? I feel like an omni, it feels like just a nice big trade, like, yeah. I mean, I <laughs> 
So, so what? What's your main preference there, Stash? Uh, the the one I buy the most is single issues. There's mm. because I grew up with the idea of comic books are single issues. That's sort of what right. you see in media, what you see in real life, even. So I, if I'm looking for like, for example, I'm trying to complete my Spider Ham collection. I have a trade that has every single Spider Ham issue. So I'm like good. You want all the singles? I want all the singles. There's something special about being like, yeah. I own this one. And it's not the, the money, you know, because like people can be like, oh, you know, Secret Wars number eight is this special book that's $1,000. I don't care about how much it's worth. You know, I have uh, like three copies of Spider-Man 299, the first issue. Mm-hmm. And yeah, those can be worth something. But like, am I really going to sell them? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I started my collection with just single issues that's what i decided this is what i want to do i don't someone gave me a trade and i was like actually this is not that bad this is not the worst Mm -hmm. thing ever so i started buying trades a lot and i i enjoy them uh it's it's a quick read you know if i'm going to work i have an hour lunch break i can read a trade i can finish a trade in that one hour i know that for sure and omnis are like my latest addiction i only have three so it's not the worst thing ever but it's so nice just to be like oh i had the whole story yeah and see like i'm uh, i like single issues who are probably my favorite because those are i i can keep up with everything as it's coming out 100 percent. but if it's not something i'm worried about keeping up with in real time i'll wait for the trades because the trades, I'm saving a couple of a yeah. couple of bucks by getting five to seven issues in one book, so I'm saving a little bit of money on that front. And then also, I don't have the shelf space or or the uh, expendable income for those big, huge omnis because those things aren't cheap. They can range anywhere from yeah. like sixty to seventy bucks all the way up to like four hundred. Yeah, like they get um, pricey. The Chris Claremont uh, omnibus of like X Men, like his original run, is like well over a hundred dollars because I oh, I had it and then I sold it because I was like I got through it and, and especially if you could get a hold of something that they don't print very often, like try, Nightwing Year One is one of the hardest things to find in my area. I I can't find it. It's just not there. Well, for those who don't know, like some omnibuses, not some, a lot, they go in and out of print too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they're not always in And print, some are printed more often than others yeah. too. Yeah, like I know. The big popular ones, they'll print pretty frequently, but the ones that are like quote unquote cult classics, those ones you're going to be like waiting a long time for it to reprint and you're going to be oh, yeah. paying a pretty penny when it does finally reprint. Ultimate Spider Man, you're going to be battling that one. It's, you'll yeah. get it. I know it, I bought it probably three months ago and it's out of print right now it's in back order at least it's coming back in april i think and it's such a great book so i'll say it like this i don't have a favorite i i love to me when i think of comics i think of single issues i can say that much Hmm. uh and if you want to keep up with stories monthly that's it you don't need to buy more but if you're a new reader which i am and you hear a lot about like hey man jeff johns you know he wrote the flash and he Hmm. killed it it's going to be a fortune to buy trying to find every all those single issue. issues. Yes, that's one thing I've noticed a lot of like newer collectors run into that problem when they first start because they don't know that the that these are the same thing as the single issues. They think it's a different story or something sometimes, which is something yeah. I thought at first too when I first started getting into stuff. Well, it's all confusing and then you have variant covers and, and then you go, have variant covers and then and like we've gone covers. into the issue with my issue with DC trying to find their trades and collected editions is they'll label things 
the story arc, they won't yes. label it by what run it's from. Now, so you'll so have if you're like, trying to find different. Uh, if you're trying to annoying. find a complete run of like the current Batman run, you have to start at like Rebirth, and then it changes into like something else, and then it goes into Joker War, and then it goes into Fear State, and then it goes oh, into yeah, Future no State, Man's Land. And, and and none of it says Batman Volume whatever the heck. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's all just Batman Joker Wars, and so to a new reader, they don't even know those are all part of the same run. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's complicated. Like for example, I'm trying to get into Superman right now. Like as we speak, I'm look. That's I'm another looking. one that's hard to get into. I have it right they here. They label everything. Like I, I just haven't found an, uh, the right book, and I can show you right here. I I open my phone. I'm looking at an Omni. I don't know if you can see it, but I'm looking at a Superman Omni by uh, by uh, Peter J. Tomasi and Patrick Patrick Gleason. Oh, that's it's I've read convenient. a little bit of that run. It's really good. It's so convenient to just be like, yeah, I cannot find like maybe a storyline that's like, you know, I can be like, oh, it starts here and here. But at least I know like, hey, people like those writers. Maybe I'll jump on mm. in the first issue because there's like, what, 40 issues, let's say, inside the book. The first issue, I'll be like confused. But then that's what I'll say. Like, if you want to jump into something and maybe it's confusing at first, just keep reading it. It'll You'll yeah. catch up. Eventually, it will make sense. Yeah. Well, that's something yeah. that you need to do as well. Is like there should be like an essential omnibus collection that you should, you know, again, and there's ones that are in and out of print, but it is tough. Like if you want to get into Spider Man or you wanted to get, I mean, Superman, I mean, you're talking about Eight nine years. years. <laughs> yeah. Like where do you even begin and what do you do? You know, like there's so many and different What's errors. current continuity and what's not? How's a new reader supposed to understand all of that with the crisis events and what's earth one kids. what's earth two yeah, what's possible. earth whatever like dude dc is and marvel's really not much better about it but at least they're a little bit better with how they label their books yes 100 i mean for me you I know remember. which run of spider-man you're buying if you go to buy a trade of spider-man it says so right on the back it tells you exactly what issues are in it and tells you what volume it's from i will always say for someone who wants like there's classic spider-man stories you know you'll have craven's last hunt where you'll be like oh this is something that I know I have to read. Yeah. People love it. And you can just buy that. You can buy the trade, whatever. Mm -hmm. For me, Ultimate Spider-Man is, it's a reimagined, mm. you know, from the origin. You get from when he gets bit. Yeah. And it's, I mean, the odd. That's why I recommend that one particularly to a lot of new Spider-Man readers. Yeah. Because, yes, it's not main continuity, quote unquote, Spider-Man. No. But if you want a very good Spider-Man story that'll give you a very good understanding of the character, Ultimate Spider-Man is where it's at. You can yeah. read it from beginning to end, and you'll know exactly what's happening throughout the entire thing. Because the thing is, yeah, for example, for people who don't know, the Green Goblin is like a monster with wings and sort of what you saw in Into the Spider-Verse. That version of the Green yeah, Goblin. it's it's yeah. Ultimate Spider-Man is definitely an alternate universe as far but, as Marvel goes because the I thing mean is, they change all kinds of things about the story. Peter Parker is Peter Parker. That's what I'll say. The essence of who Peter Parker yeah. is. That's that book. Mm -hmm. um, I remember my best friend, honestly, and uh, I don't know. Like YouTube channels sometimes make mm -hmm. a, a full reading order. I remember, I think Near Mint Condition did a Batman reading order, which I was like, thank God, because it's such a long history that you can at least be like, okay, this makes sense. And maybe you won't buy an order because maybe you'll hear someone say like, hey, the, the Snyder 
uh, yeah. Omni is really good. It's complicated because people's brains tells them like, "Oh, you have to read it in order." That's where my brain goes mm-hmm. for anything. It's like, "Oh, I had it's a full story." It's like I wouldn't watch a movie from the thirty-first minute. Oh, it's like when you go to a comic store. I'm not one of those. Like, if I can find issue one of something and then issue four of something, I will not read any of that run, even if I have the whole rest of the run until I find issue two and three. A hundred percent. That's interesting because it'll guy... bug me because I don't know what happened in those issues. Yeah, <laughs> so I 100%. know there's plot points. I don't know what's going on. I forgot who the writer was, but there was a guy who who wrote a book, um, and I, he didn't read all the extended crossovers and stuff. But he basically wrote read. 10,000 Marvel comics. Um, and he read them actually by single issues, which is crazy. I think it took him like, I don't know how many years to do it. I don't know what he, I mean, you know, who knows? And he went to libraries too and did, you know, he did all this stuff and he wrote a book that basically helps you plot where to enter like each, each run. And he was like saying, he's like, yeah, he, he does not recommend going in order yeah, because he does think that you're going to get bored. And I know for a fact, I've read spider. I've been amazing Spider-Man one through 30. Um, and it is awful. <laughs> it is. I said before, I mean, the first five issues are in the first, like 10 issues are really bad. Like the storylines are rough. Like it's just, it's classic. Very, very wordy. Yeah. And the old dated. Spider-Man is like, and this fight much text taking up half the frames fights are over in one scene like a little kick and he's done and is out like it's it's really crazy and uh you know he talks about um fantastic four is a good example um and i was talking to someone this week about it the reason fantastic four five is so tough to get and you talk about the doom cover it is doom but compared to like fantastic four one one through four is is really rough they don't have they don't have costumes for a couple of issues that they're fine you know and five is where it all starts to kind of come together with that run um so it's it's tough you have to it is tough uh, especially the older books um and then again like you said like there's different writers and different artists and different it's really there really should be a guide on this (laughs) of how to help and i will say there's a lot of paid some runs that i'll end up liking yeah so I, I just honestly, even if, hey, sometimes you look at the cover and just like it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter. Just go buy it, you know. Yeah. Oh, that's the what cover I tell is people cool. all the time. Like if you are, are attracted to something by the cover, grab it. Yeah, I, I see a lot of people talk about, you know, oh, I started buying comic books because I saw this one cover and I thought it was great, and maybe that's the worst issue of that run. But it was the first issue that got them into the hobby exactly and that's what matters and that one bad issue mm-hmm. they will remember for the rest of their life mm-hmm. as a good memory because it got them into something better mm-hmm. i can tell you the first single issue i ever bought was spider ham number one by seb wells so i don't know how I, I don't know what people think of that run i personally like in my head it's the best thing ever not because it's i haven't like, met many people who don't like spider ham it's tough it's not, not an like easy one to get into, though, because it's it's you fun. can't go into it expecting this serious story, which some people do, you know. And those people, I just like those are the same people that are like, this movie isn't realistic. It's a movie. 
course it's not realistic it's a movie. I, just, I just imagine that if i'm re- if i'm reading that i'm gonna hear john Mulaney's voice in my head <laughs> as spider ham's talking so i actually that, don't yeah. mind that to be honest but so michael i take it you're a single issue guy though i'm definitely single issue i mean i'm also vintage right so right for me it's 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 so daunting <laughs> like to get into some of the new runs and new arcs and things going on and i'm you know obviously i have pretty vast you know vintage collection but i do want to get in some of the newer runs um Mm -hmm. but yeah you gotta you gotta find what vibes with you um and i think it's different for everybody and it's not definitely not one size fits all omnibus i will say omnibuses are tough for me because (laughs) i'm just too add i'll read for a little bit and then i stop and that's right that's why like a nice you know five six issues i could sit through that in like one or two sittings and like okay that's done i I can move to the next one now i I don't worry i I have two ways of doing things for an omni either i start reading it stop start stop or what happened with ultimate spider-man was i picked it up and for four hours i just sat there like an idiot that's awesome. See, that, that can it's happen, too, but those are great because, dude, that's that's how you know you're getting sucked into mm-hmm. something. If you can sit there for four hours and not even realize it, bro, you know it's good. Yeah. It, it's, I don't know. I, I, I Just to, to put it there, I don't think there's a real answer to what's, what do you prefer. I like all of them. Whenever right. it gets the story in my hands, I'll take it. 100%. Because then we got Rome's guide here from TikTok. He said, Omnibus all the way. You don't have to hunt down all those trades or singles you're missing. Plus, long boxes are a hassle and cheaper in the long run. I Yeah. Uh, honestly, he, uh, the way I will say, and this is my uh, me advocating for Omnis, even though I only have three. If you want to buy the trades, once you like think about it, if you bought all of them, you spend more than you would have spent on an Omni. Mm. True, but the counter to that is that trades are easier to find sometimes than the Omnis. Because yeah. a shop will order 10 or 12 version, twelve copies of a trade. They'll only order one Omni. Oh, yeah. Omnis are, for me, a strictly online thing. Yeah. I will... Yeah, those. That's one thing the apps are great for because you can sit there and start at any run and just read it all the way through. No, and for me, like go on any website that really like sells those omnis, like dedicates to selling them, those discounts, and it's not, honestly the best thing you can do. In stock trades, you got cheap graphic novels, organic price books, organic price books. There's a whole some bunch of, them, of sites that you can pay them off. Really some good of them. prices. Yeah, you, they'll do layaway plans on stuff. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a double edged sword because you know you'll be like, oh, I'll pay it off, but you know you're paying off five books. <laughs> yeah, like like you just maxed out a small credit card or something. Uh-huh. By the time you're done reading the first one, you're already buying the next one, right? And then we've got Cody Collects, who was their previous guest and Comic Book Stash's co-host, says generally prefers Omnis, but he does like the deluxe editions as well. So that's. Yeah. see that's the that's where the definition of what an omni and what a deluxe edition is comes in do you consider a big thick boy to be an omnibus or do you consider that to be a deluxe edition i don't know i just read the cover whatever it says there i stick with it <laughs> and then, <laughs> our buddy hillbilly comics he just said yes when asked hey, this question right 
That's yeah, I think I he was saying yes to you saying big thick boy. He just was a pre he appreciated that. <laughs> For me, I, I I when you when I was you know told like this is the topic, I was like great single issues a hundred percent. And then, but then you started thinking about it. I was driving home from work right before I sat here, and I was thinking I should grab one of each and just look at it and think. And I don't have an answer, man. I don't know if that's the boring thing to say. They're all great. It depends. Yeah. It depends on what you can afford. Yeah, because I mean, I talk about all oh, the trades are you know easy to find. They're you save money on not buying so many single issues, and then I've got this just sitting. This is just my two B red pile that's next to me. I've got like four other two B red piles that I haven't even dug into yet. Yeah. I- I will say this is a, a a thing I found out recently. Image Comics, if you buy their volume ones, like their trades, most of them. I don't want to say all of them because the Walking I know exactly Dead what you're doesn't about to do say. these. They're ten dollars. The first volume is ten dollars. The and Walking that Dead second volume they get you. That's like fifteen. The but Walking Dead is the one where like I don't know why the Walking Dead is not ten dollars for the first trade. But if you want to get a story for people to buy, that's yeah. the one you have to push. Yeah. I think it's because it's the one that they know is gonna sell. They it doesn't matter what price point they put it at because yeah. fans of the Walking Dead are gonna want it. They don't they don't need to draw you in to you know lock Yeah, you. not with that one. That one's too big. That's like spawn. They don't need to try hard with spawn. Spawn fans are gonna buy spawn. But yeah, but <laughs> I would, I would, what, what is there a million copies out there of Spawn? They're uh, they I know think what they're, they're in the three hundred and something now in the it main is, line. I think it's the the longest running indie comic. Mm-hmm. I think so. I and it never wrong. had a spinoff series until recently. Now they've got the King Spawn. They got the Gunslinger Spawn. They've got Scorched. They've got a couple different runs off of it now. I don't know much about Spawn. I just know some people love it. Some people hate it. And the people that hate it really hate it. I have noticed that. Like, people who don't like Spawn really don't like Spawn. But they've also read probably all of it. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, if you love it or hate it, if you know, like, if you've read Spawn, you've read all of it. And I'm guilty of that. I've read like the first 200 something issues of it. Oh, I could not. It's it's insane. It is a task to get through. I love Todd McFarlane's art, man. But his writing is, dude, I I love you, Todd McFarlane. I apologize for this in advance. (laughs) But, dude, Early Spawn is hard 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 to read sometimes just because it is just it's just the most plodding along it's like trudging through mud trying well, I mean, to read it's early funny. The, the early days of image is like a very very funny like story because when they brought all those people over from marvel you know the jim lee mcfarlane uh who else? Sil- was sylvester came too and like whoever else Dude, or Liefeld. Um, mm-hmm. Dude, those guys were artists. They weren't yeah, the writers. That, that's they, the funniest they, thing. They and so they'll even admit now. I mean, there was. I was watching one documentary. I think it's uh, speaking of Walking Dead. I think it was Kirkman's History of Comics or whatever on Amazon. It's a great one. And he talks about. And so he, they interview them, and, and Liefeld will admit he's like, he's like, dude, we were the worst writers ever. It was all about the art. <laughs> he's like, and we had the clunkiest storylines. And if you go back and read those like first few years. 
it makes no sense. But it's, the artwork was phenomenal. Yeah, no, the artwork's great. They had the best in the business. But mm-hmm. I, I have this. I don't remember who drew it, and it's not early, early images like the first ten years, I would say, or first like five. There's this book called Union, and it's a, like the art is out of this world. Mm-hmm. The the art in Union is so good. But I struggled so much reading it, <laughs> and it's only like five issues. But I was, I was like, I committed to this. I'll finish it. And now I look back at it fondly. I'm like, oh, you know what? I don't know if anyone knows that book other than me, and I get why they don't know it. <laughs> but now it's one of those things where you hear somebody bring it up, and you can be like, oh, I know what you're talking about. I love having uh, stuff like that, like obscure, random, useless knowledge that actually comes in handy in a random conversation one day. <laughs> well, that's the that's like the the fun part of it is like when you know something, and and also when you know something and someone else you can connect on it, and they're like, ah, I do remember that. Like yeah. that's you know. I don't know, man. It, it's funny because that's how my brain works for the most part. Like I just remember random bits of information, and they just stick then like that's how my brain works like people will be like yeah queen elizabeth ii and i'll be like oh, i'm born in 1926 see that's how i was like i was always a history buff <laughs> in school so like history facts stuck in my head like really easy so once i read something a couple times or see a documentary about it i remember <laughs> it forever like <laughs> to me and it's funny if i try to remember some things i'll forget them immediately um but things stick man like the things that i don't want to have in my brain always stay there <laughs> wow, that's how it goes right in, in art history in college i think it was my first semester it's been oh, some time but um they were my, my professor as a joke was like hey if anyone can tell me what this egyptian word means he had an a on the, on this test and he was like oh you know namer and my brain it was like just remember like sitting down next to my dad watching an alien documentary about Egypt and being like, Oh my God, fish chisel. A hundred percent. I know this. <laughs> and, the, awesome. and the professor was like, I don't know. I don't know how the that. hell you know that, but <laughs> I wish I didn't, you know, <laughs> because that's the thing. Like people will be like, Hey, what you think of uh, the visions, you know, the book. And I'll be like, I read it last week, but I, I can't good. remember any of it. <laughs> That's that short-term memory loss. <laughs> well, speaking yeah. of short-term, we're almost into March. So let us I think it would be a good moment to go over the most anticipated, at least our most anticipated comic books coming out next month. So why, why don't you start off with one uh, comic book stash? I know you sent me your list of three. I, wa- I want to tell you, first of all, great, Great segue. I don't know how you pulled that one off, but yeah, so smooth. I, you I, got I, it. <laughs> I don't feel like it was that smooth, but hey, if you guys well, say mean, it was, we'll go with if that. People right? really think about it, you know. I was like, as you said it, I was like, February is twenty eight days shortest month. You got it. <laughs> I find my ways, man. <laughs> um, I, I guess I'll do um, Batman one thirty three by Chip Zdarsky. Man, what a run he's had. Mm. Man, what a huge Just, team on this. Yeah. I will say... Starsky writing Miguel Mendoza. Like, oh my goodness. Nothing so many against, people on one book. Nothing against the current artist, but Jorge Jimenez started, you know, doing the art for this run. 
and I do miss it. The art right now is fantastic. Mm-hmm. There's something about that Jorge Jimenez writing. I know he would just went viral with a tweet about how he drew, you know, Bruce Wayne, but God, that I, I know he's coming back soon to it. He took like a mini like break, but that run is so good. I do think it'll become like a a modern classic. the The failsafe arc has been well was incredible. I was going to say, for people who haven't read that arc, why don't you give us like a really quick rundown on what like the major plot point is? It starts with uh, someone frames Batman for murder. I'm not going to say who. And uh, Batman had devised uh, a robot to kill him if he ever killed someone. Hence, fail safe. Yeah. Uh, so okay. the thing is... Batman knows everyone's weakness. Batman knows how to basically kill anyone in the Justice League. And he designed a robot that could kill him. Uh, If you think about it, that makes sense, though, because if he can take out everybody, I mean, including Superman, then that technically makes Batman the most dangerous person on Earth. Yeah, no, 100%. But that makes Failsafe the most dangerous weapon ever created. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I guess my question would be, is this the first time Batman's been framed for murder? Because it doesn't feel like it would be. No, but uh, <laughs> they, they don't really go into it, man. I know. I'm just saying. I, I, I just think no, I'm just, it's, hey, listen, there's some crazy the continuity there. Like bananas <laughs> that happen in this, like, what is it? Like, it's like eight issues by now in this, like, run by Chips and Arc. There's some crazy mm-hmm. things that happen. I mean, Batman survives some things that would make me question if he has powers or not. Yeah, but oh, especially in Fear State. Yeah, during what a run! There's nothing specifically interesting about issue 133. I'll tell you that much. It's just the next run you've really been enjoying. Like, hey, that's that's an anticipated book in my book. Shoot, I've I've been having this issue where like I'll buy a bunch of books and not read them. But I can tell you the one book that I will for sure read. Sometimes in my car outside of my LCS. Is Batman? Hey, if you right. gotta know, you gotta know right then, right? Yeah, it's. Uh, I do. And- I, I've been reading. I've read stuff in line on my way up to the counter before. Like, <laughs> the dude looked at me like, "You want to buy it now? You just read it." I'm yeah. like, "Yeah, I still want to buy it. I, I, I just read it. I consumed the movie. Now it. I owe you money." Like, <laughs> yeah. No, my my friend. I have a friend at work who now you know I got him into. I basically forced him into being a TikToker. It was funny, but uh, his name is Euro's Gift on TikTok. He he would we, oh, we buy the same up. we buy the same the same books. So the I know that for sure if we buy a Batman the next day at work, it's yeah. Do you read it? Do you, do you read it? That's cool yeah. though. You actually have somebody in real life to like sit down and like chop it up with about comics though, because a lot of us don't. Like a lot of us like this is our outlet. It's it's good. I I. I knew he liked superheroes, so I really just basically was like, hey, have you ever read a comic book? He was like, yeah, online, and I was like, happy birthday. Hey, there you go. That's that's a good way to start a friendship right there, man. (laughs) Yeah, no, he's uh, one of my closest friends right now. He might be watching this. I don't want want him to know that, but appreciate it. (laughs) That's awesome. But yeah, Batman, man, I don't know. Detective Comics is also really good, but batman for me right now is really doing it heck yeah so you know me i like to give people new number ones to read every month when i do these 
So my first one is actually a DC book for me. That's very rare that I recommend yeah. a DC book or anticipate a DC book, but Superman lost looks like it's going to be really cool. That cover is, is, you know what? Really, really nice. Isn't it right though? Now. I mean, here, I'll bring the slide back up. I mean, that cover is well, low epic. I drew mean, my attention to it. It looks that so good. Begging for a remark, man. And, and all around Superman, it is begging for a signature and a remark. It, it looks so good. Mm-hmm. In fact, that, I mean, I'm putting it on my pull list right now. See, that's how the dude, it, it, that's it, how it was for already- me. As soon as I saw the cover, I'm like, yeah, he's lost. Of- and the cover shows him in space. That looks like something that's probably cool. It's, and if I've you heard about brief, it. I was going to say, if you want the brief synopsis mm-hmm. that I d- was able to find online, um, basically, it's they're calling this Superman's Odyssey of Solitude. After Superman is called away on a routine Justice League mission, Lois Lane awakens to find a complete stranger standing in her living room. The Man of Steel, home much sooner than expected, reveals he has, in fact, been lost in space for 20 years. So it it just goes from there. It's like, what? I'm going to read it. Right. I mean, how how can that not sound interesting to somebody? Thank you. I I just told you I wanted to get into Superman, and here you go. (laughs) Ask, and you shall receive. That's a great way to get into it, too. I think, uh, I I remember from the 90s, it was, um, you know, that new Spider-Man McFarlane run that got me into Spider-Man a little bit, you know? I mean, that cover is iconic. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's just... And that's another one. There's like a million copies out there. Like, I, yeah, I have, I have at least two different ones. The silver, they got the gold, they got the, you know, it's just. It's, I have it, the black one with. Oh, this the, this Superman Lost has uh, probably got I think like fourteen different variant covers. You know, and I know this is not the topic. I'm a I'm a I'm a cover A kind of guy. I am too, unless it's a particular artist or a really, really cool looking cover. Like yeah, it's got to be really special looking for me to want it, or it's got to be by a particular artist. If like if it's a Momoko like- cover, y'all know. Mm. I've got a whole short box full of Momoko. Like I buy almost every cover that comes out from her. If you throw me like a shiny like cover, it's I'm a I'm a simple man. You know, you I like me shiny stuff shiny, too, man. A- Oil covers is a weakness it, of mine. 100%. For- Action Comics 1050. There was a mm-hmm. shine, uh, a foil cover that I I just got it over here in a pile. It, it was it's so, so good. pretty. <laughs> if, if Alex Ross does anything, I know he doesn't do a lot of variants, but if Alex Ross yeah. is in anything, I have to buy it. Oh, uh, have you seen his villain variants? That might be a topic for the yes. next podcast because yes. they'll start coming out by then. I think. Yes, I. I don't know. I, it's Alex Ross could just put out anything, and I'd be like, <laughs> "I liked what Ken brought up too." With no one number one from Image. Um, I mean, man, we are getting creative these days with a companion podcast. <laughs> Pat and Oswald and Rachel Lee Cook. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, that's I, awesome, though. That yeah. is that is how you draw in more people you make it as real as you can mm-hmm. without being hokey about it and yeah, like how uh, they're doing with the tying in that podcast with that they're tying in the scott lang book that's coming out with the movies like that's cool man yeah somewhere in the on, on youtube there's this um documentary about when the, i think it was dark knight came out 
they did a bunch of like a comic con and everything they did a bunch of like oh the joker sent out a message you know like mm-hmm. it was just this like crowd of people like looking for clues at comic con and it's like probably like an hour where there's like multiple episodes but it gets people going yeah it's interactive it, interactive makes it better 100% 100% it's I mean, like next men right fun. now X-Men does like their like you know you you can vote for who becomes a member of the team I believe. That's and cool. People eat that up. And I get it cuz that's me. DC did it for if they were going to do Superboy or Green Lantern or a whole bunch of other stuff this past year. So Oh, and after the Batman came out, I remember that whole like everyone was on the edge of their seat with the whole uh the Riddler with his ongoing riddles and it was mm-hmm. was it um I can't oh, yeah. remember the website. What was the website? And we had to keep going back to it. And there were, eventually we, we finally got that, you know, that Joker deleted scene or whatever was basically what was really at the very end of it. But man, I remember solving those riddles, trying to figure this out. And it's fun. Yeah. It gives I remember, just more nerdy stuff for nerds. Like, yeah, yeah my, you gotta love my friend it. Sarah, my friend Sarah, which I, I think, you know, her JJ, so I'm Loki dumb. She loves Batman. I actually real quick shout out to I'm low key dumb because I would not know how to operate OBS without her. I would not know how to operate a podcast without her. I would not know how to do half the crap I do without I'm low key dumb. And it took her 20 minutes to teach me all that crap. So she is a beast. She is awesome. (laughs) She she loves the Batman. And one of the things I wanted, I wanted to watch that movie with her because I know how much Batman means to her. And, God, what an experience. And I remember just being at work and she would send me like, hey, the new riddle came out. And I would tell my manager, I have to go to the bathroom. I'll be right back. And, sit in the- like, and finding somebody who loves stuff that much and gets that yeah. excited about stuff, that just makes it more fun for you too. Like, No, I mean, not only is it an interactive experience, but like, it wasn't easy to solve. Let's be honest. No, no. It, it was it was really hard to solve. <laughs> like, I remember <laughs> writing down the the there was like an answer key, and you had ah, it was a pain in the butt, man. It wasn't. And I just but having a friend there to do it with me. Although she did most of it, I'm not gonna take any. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what what's your next pick for March, man? Oh, my next pick for March. Yeah, we both still got two more to go. We keep getting sidetracked, yeah. but I don't care. This is fun. This hey, is that's good. you know, this is the perk of live podcasting. Unstoppable Doom Patrol number one. Hmm. Ah, the the one with the long name. Yes. I got one with a long name too, though, so don't feel bad. Um. I I've wa- I'm watching the show, which Doom Patrol is a fantastic show. I mean, I have not watched enough of it. I've only watched like one yeah. or two episodes. It's so odd, but it's so good. <laughs> I mean, I, I I love any everyone in that show is just out of this world, and you know, I it's okay. Uh, I know some people, Grant Morrison, they wrote a portion of the book. Gerard Way wrote you know, another run. And it's just always been something that's been on my mind. Like, uh, you know, I like the show and it's, I like, I like very silly things. That's why I like Spider-Ham. That's why I like Captain Carrot. You know, I just, they, they call to me. I don't think everything should be that serious, you know? hundred so, percent. Well, it's called comic books, comics. Yeah, right. exactly. I mean, it came, it came from the funny papers, right? Like that's where all this originated from. So, so I, oh, I was going to say I was doing research after uh, Ant-Man and I don't know how I got into this. I started to look into 
how did I get into this? I was looking at, I think it was like a, a, a Marvel history book or something I was looking into and it was, God, I, I forgot what it was. Like 34 was the first guy who basically put the funny pages into a book and he was like the father mm-hmm. of comic books and going through all that and then like timely and then DC, you know, and it's fascinating. I love history. I think it's yeah, actually the shadow was one of the first characters to get his own full, like actual comic book. Cause he started as a radio thing and then he moved into getting his own pulp fiction novels. And then he was in the comic books and he's still around. Like they still throw yeah. him into stories now and then it's, you know, people should look more into those things. Like for example, spider ham is a character that like, you can know the basic gist of it, you know? It's a pig. You know, well, it's a spider. It gets bit by a pig, becomes Spider-Ham. Um, but the story of it, I don't think I've ever heard anyone talk about it. I will be making a video about it. And if anyone wants to steal that idea, they'll have to fight me and probably they'll win. But if you want to make a video about that, um, I don't know. It's just so interesting to me. Like, it's yeah. still a very serious book, and you can tell the people who made it, like, but uh, actually cared about it yeah but and and doom patrol hits that same part of my brain where i'm like this is stupid but it's so good yeah and i'm even looking into buying uh the grand morrison omnibus for grand uh doom patrol i don't know this that team just caused caused my name well it's one too so it's a good spot to jump in and try and catch Uh up on a good on a series yeah, any any comic book writer out there, if you make something stupid enough, I will put my money on it. <laughs> it's, a re- it's a request for proposal. Let me know what you're going right, to right. We're going to do this. All right, so for my second pick, I've got my, my indie book obsession never ends. We've got Seven Years in Darkness, number one, by, I'm going to probably butcher this last name, Joseph Schmalky. <laughs> But yeah, so basically the synopsis I got on this one was uh, it it comes out on the 29th of March. So like all the way near the end of the month. But uh, it's the Academy of Black Magic has reopened its doors for the first time in 200 years. 72 children will walk through the Academy doors for freshman year, but only seven are able to graduate and walk out alive. Damn. So they're they're calling it a seven year journey that starts with this issue. I was about to say that I didn't care about what the story was because I saw that one person was doing all of it, which is immediately they get my respect. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Oh, if yeah. The, if you can manage to do all the artwork, props, all the penciling, that, all, the, like, all the color, all the writing, everything by yourself, that's, that's a task, man. It doesn't matter if the book sucks. If you put your time into it, I'm, I will respect it. But then you told me that that synopsis and <laughs> one two i find these random ones man, and it's from, from what i'm assuming is a pretty small publisher uh yeah. called comics express publishing and yeah, i, like I how, love looks, finding these little like these it looks little like it's year one it says hidden so, gems that are just under everybody's radar so what I want to know is how do you, what is your process for finding these? Like, how do you, where do you look and I find them on previewsworld.com under the comic books or graphic novels section, or I find them honestly on uh, league of comic geeks. If you yeah. go into their new comic book section mm-hmm. and just scroll down for each week, it shows you everything that's coming out. That's mm-hmm. distributed from diamond or penguin. Everything. It's perfect. That's how I got doom patrol. Honestly. 
And because previews not- world, you can go on there. They've usually got it all in there, like like I said, in like the quote unquote comics and graphic novels section. And those usually have um, all the indie stuff normally. Yeah, like for me, it's. Um, I mean, I, I do want to thank the people at Crossover Comics because without them, I would I wouldn't know half of the things I know. Because I'll be at work and just get a notification like this book is coming out, and I'm like, I was gonna say, quick side note: one of the founders of Crossover Comics is actually Comic Book Stash. He yeah, is the one too, who came man. up with the idea that of the discord server i was one of the first few people in there but you were the one who came up with the whole idea and now we've got like five podcasts coming out of that group we've got people doing trivia shows on tiktok live like those guys are that whole thing has exploded i i I don't know man a lot of things i wouldn't know without them because i'm sitting in my office and they just new book coming out and i'm like okay let me add it to the pull list My work here is done. Sometimes yeah, I, I, that's where I feel guilty. Dude, it's it's crazy, but that's where I find a lot of the indie stuff is that. And then Twitter, Twitter is a good place. Just look up indie comics, and you'll find all kinds of stuff that's coming out. It's a great time to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so alive. All right, so I guess we're down to comic book stash's final March pick here. Uh, what 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 do we got here, man? Vanish number five. Oh, Donnie! Uh, it's I a love- Donnie Cates book. This I've read the first two issues. This is really really interesting stuff. I love Donnie, man, and and I've only read the first two issues. I have. Oh, okay. Mm. But I it's what Donnie Cates is one of those writers that I just have to buy it. I don't, I don't I don't know. Like I read the first two and I immediately loved it. Like I I I want to keep reading it. That's why I'm excited for it. Mm-hmm. But even with Thor where in some areas like I would say Thor there's like four volumes out right now if you want to split it up in volumes. Maybe number 3 wasn't the best one, but I still I'll defend it. You know, I'll stick mm-hmm. to Donny Cates. Now see, I'm a little bit torn on Donny Cates. I've mixed like I love his indie stuff. His indie stuff is outstanding. I'm not a huge fan of his Marvel stuff. Mm. Personally, I think he tries to make every Marvel character he gets a hold of into like some big cosmic entity. And I don't feel like that's necessary for a lot of the characters. He makes every Marvel character the strongest version of the yes, character. Yes, like he, he maxes everybody out. And so then, the, like, whoever takes over after him, it's kind of a letdown because they have to nerf the heck out of him. Yes. And but he retcons it, a lot of stuff pretty frequently in Marvel when he goes I, over there. He, I he, will he say, tends to just scrap anything that happened before his run. I will say, I don't know if you read the, the Thor run that he did. I've read some but of it. The mm-hmm. Donald Blake um, arc. I mean, what a cool concept. Basically, like he does people- cool stuff. Like Thor is one of the characters that Donny Cates works really well on because mm-hmm. Thor is already a big cosmic yeah. powerhouse. Yeah. So it makes sense to put somebody like who likes to do that kind of stuff on him, like Donny Cates, who can actually make him seem like the powerhouse he actually is. Yeah, like for people who don't didn't but read, then he turns right, Hulk into a spaceship. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, for me, the Donald Blake thing is so interesting because Donald Blake, no one had touched that character in decades. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then what Donny Cates does is that 
Donny K. It's not that Donald Blake stopped existing, but he was like basically they switched spots, and Donald Blake is in this like happy like paradise world that's fake basically. Mm-hmm. And at some point in Thor, he's like, you know what? I need a break. I'm gonna, you know, become Donald Blake again. Just gonna take a break. Let Donald take the reins. And Donald Blake comes out a maniac. He's been there for 40 years. <laughs> discovered that that world was fake. Killed everyone in there. And just, like, became the biggest yeah, villain. Yeah, is like a psychopath. Like, uh, it was, uh, dude, it's great. <laughs> I gotta the, read that. That's, that's interesting because his Thor run was really good. Uh, I mean, that's, and that's really, I mean, it, yeah, it's fascinating how they come up with these runs and these ideas because you take something that is like from the origins of the character, right? Like that hasn't been mentioned in like 40 years. Cause it's not, it's not, it's out of fashion, you know, to have a mm-hmm. hammer and, and, and call and like become Thor. And like, it just, it doesn't make sense anymore. It's silly, right? Like it's, it's, it's been, you know, whatever. Well, especially since, you know, like even if they had been doing that up until the MCU say, at that point it really wouldn't make sense anymore like no. no this is now how you know no well donny cates has this thing where he says if they allow me to use like this sandbox i'll use it to its fullest mm. capacity mm-hmm. which yeah. i respect I, I do know he he said that he never wants to touch spider-man because he'll probably retcon the crap out of it and and like Spider-Man killed Uncle Ben so, and like here's the thing it'll, it'll, it'll be a bad it'll be a bad thing. it's even like, worse than that he said you know like all his characters in Marvel become just the saddest person ever like, yeah by the Thor, end of the run they're just completely traumatized yeah. and, and he did mention that like Spider-Man brings some like memories of childhood that mm. just were like the happiest moments of his life so he just can. doesn't want to mess up with his brand of storytelling Donnie Cates is like the M. Night Shyamalan of comic writing so like if he was to take That's over Spider-Man like all 400 or whatever issues that we're at we're all like he like suppressed the memory that he actually killed Uncle Ben and that whole guy, that guy who was escaping from the wrestling match didn't exist. And you find that like it's a whole thing. And he's like, you know, he, he would, he would, yeah, he mystery would, 65 years in the making, you know, yeah, like, <laughs> it would be nuts. But the thing nuts. that, the thing that JJ said was right. Like he, he wrote, I, I think a lot, some people would argue the best Venom run, mm. you know, I don't know if in history, but in a while, at least. And then not saying that the newest Venom run is bad, but following it's not that as up, good. Yeah, it's such a hard thing to do. If you're, I mean, it would be really interesting to interview and speak to some of the writers that have followed his runs. Because that's what the he, mental process is like. Okay, I just he just got done doing this crazy, insane thing where so and so just took over half the galaxy, and now I have to bring this character back down to reality for the start of this next run well that's like, what you need with chris claremont to come in and probably even at i mean his age but like but if you he, notice look at look at venom they didn't go for eddie brock they went for his son which i think is a smart enough mm. decision like hey eddie brock is god no one can touch it what about his son and it makes sense because venom is the symbiote not the yeah. person yeah 
But I don't know, man. Donnie, like, I've always wanted to interview Donnie, but now I kind of want to do what you said. Like, I just want to interview people who have followed up Donnie. <laughs> That's an entire podcast, man. Like, every, every week, every month, it's a conversation with a new art or new writer who just followed. He's had to take over for Donnie. <laughs> that's, that's the thing about his indies. Like, the indies are just great. I mean, Vanish, for, I don't even know how to describe Vanish. I don't know if there's an option. It's like Harry Potter, but like in space with guns. Yeah, it's like Harry Potter and like space with guns, and twenty years after the events of Harry Potter. Um, and that's the thing. Like, I mean, God Country is the first book that made me cry. As you remember, reading the end of God Country and just and then he's also done crossover, which is half of where we took the name for crossover comics was from that book. Crossover. It's not the first book that made me cry, but I, that's the saddest moment in it. I think it was issue like 13 of Cross. I might be wrong. It's just something of Crossover. He's in it. Spoiler. It's not that big of a spoiler. It's in the real world. He's, yeah, it's like, himself. I don't know if you've ever read Crossover or not, Michael. But nah. it's basically what would happen if the comic book world somehow had a way to branch into the real world. That's and cool. characters and real That's people cool. were actually able to interact and it actually goes horribly wrong like horribly wrong of course it does but you know the, I, say a bunch of writers give start away dying. the whole thing yeah like oh yeah it's it goes crazy like, but That's there's like cool. a big political sub story going on throughout the whole book and like it's really really interesting but you man, get you guys are making me want to get into, into mo- these modern runs man dude you, you really need to man i'm telling for, you for a crossover it's like two trades you got it yeah so far it's only two trades long so okay. it's not much to get through but donnie really want- it's donnie's most like vulnerable because it's him like, yeah it's he's in him the book in the like he put himself into the book like and i remember it's, it's reading cool. it and just crying like he he talks about his life in it and you know addiction and all that and i just remember reading it and even as someone who hasn't gone through those things just Mm. i was in my girlfriend's bedroom sitting on the floor like she was like are you okay did something happen you get a text you know someone died and i was like no it's donny cates (laughs) (laughs) she's like the comic book writer All right, so we'll go ahead and get into my last pick. So we're not keeping everybody here all night. We've got a book called Ridgeline. This is another random indie book that I found. Uh, Let me bring up my info here because... I got to say, I mean, not... First of all, you really chose two covers now that really blend in with your background yes <laughs> and that was not in, actually intended it just kind of happened that it way superman one and this one and so i, I was thinking say, the whole time i was thinking they could okay not to get technical but like you can get like a black background use screen yeah you yeah, know, yeah the black becomes invisible i was like is that like an error no, that is actually the cover of the book, which I, was another again one thing that drew me straight to it. I'm like, that's a kind of a cool way to use up negative space. A hundred percent snow on the cover within all the black, and then it's just white. That's cool. I love it. I don't know what it's about. I don't need to know what it's about. Now the honestly. question I have: Can you go back to the photo? Uh huh. Does the white, if you kind of reverse it, right? So you're looking at the black. If you mm-hmm. look at the white, does I wonder 
Probably not, but I wonder if is that a figure? You know, when like there's like two images. Oh, and I'm I'm betting it has to do something with that because the story for this is like really interesting because like we a lot of indie books do like the horror themes or the magic stuff or you know like there's typical indie book genres. I feel like you could say this one. I don't know if it really fits into anything other than what I would call like a survival genre Mm. uh jack and janie sparks a father and daughter team of wilderness survival guides are hired to lead a fractious executive team on a grueling primitive uh primitive hike on a remote mountain in montana little do they know their client has enemies enemies who find the isolated retreat to be the perfect opportunity to strike will will they be able to use their survival skills to keep everyone alive and that's the end of the synopsis. So it's it's like almost like a, like they're trying to protect this group of people from like a group of uh, like a hit squad mm-hmm. on this mountain range. That's a good story. I don't see stuff like that in comic books very often. That's why I like going into these indie stuff because you find different stories. You know what I will say? Uh, James the uh, 007 right now. James Bond. It, that's I've, how, heard, that's, I, I've heard you talk about that a couple times that's how i feel about it it's such a like a just guy spy gun done mm-hmm. nothing extra there's no otherworldly and it's just james bond see now know? my question was going to be like if you go inside the book does the 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 father he's got to look like sylvester stallone right like so, he's oh my, he's got to look like, like like an elderly Rambo, right? That's what yeah, I'm it's got to be Sly Stallone because if you see that, it cannot be either that or I'm picturing like a really like. Do you know who Forrest Galante is? He's no. like he's a uh, he's a uh, what's the name of it? He's a uh, he's a uh, biologist, but he's out in the field. Like he's always he finds endangered species or extinct species that people thought were gone, and he's found like uh, he found an extinct caiman out in uh, Indonesia, or I think it was. But it, the, he's basically like that, or a Steve Irwin type guy. Okay, buff uh, as heck is what I'm picturing in my head. Okay, uh, I see. I mean, for me, one of like. Uh... Oh, what's it called? Let me look it up because I remember <laughs> reading this and just laughing to myself. Uh, Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye. The it's a Gerard Way book, you know. Mm-hmm. I remember it's like this grand story with aliens and everything, and Cave Carson just looks like a guy. And I just <laughs> remember being like, "Huh, okay, that's cool." He's just a guy with a flannel and a beard. I was like, "Yeah." Right, like, like it's, it's so often in comic books, everybody's got a persona, everybody's got a costume, everybody's got. Once in a while, it's nice to find something that's just about some normal people dealing with stuff that they don't have any business dealing with. <laughs> here, give me beer bellies. We need them. <laughs> <laughs> you think we need more comic book characters with beer bellies? Yeah, we need comic book characters with beer bellies. Not not like even a full beard. Give me some patches, you know. Yeah, that mustache. Has grown we need more beard. mustaches. That's what we need. Yes, we, we do. Always need. We need more '80s Tom Selleck style mustache going ah. on. Yeah, my my biggest joke about that is I'm trying to convince my entire family to the day I have a kid, which like I don't know when that's gonna be, but I want them all to shave everything except for the mustache. That's great. And they won't do it. 
They will never do it. Are you serious? Even for your kid? Yeah, they got no. They have to come through for your firstborn. Come on. That's that's when you could just pull the guilt cards out and start handing them out. Yeah. (laughs) Imagine that. Imagine just you know you're 20 and your dad's like, hey, look at these pictures from when you were born. You're like, why does everybody have the porn star mustache? (laughs) (laughs) You see, I live for the joke because it's. It's just a joke. Yeah. <laughs> Can't take life so seriously. You'll never get out alive. Exactly. None of us do. So what's the point? You know, like, uh, the point you of, there. No, not, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. You know what I mean, though. You know uh, what I mean, though. You know like, Steve-O, right? Enjoy yourself, man. Yeah. Yeah. Steve-O, Steve-O said, um, and I'm paraphrasing, he said something like, our only like goal as a human species is to survive. And the only true fact is that we won't. Hmm. Just true. enjoy it. Have fun, man. Grow out a mustache. <laughs> yeah. well, and like you said, you can't do nothing about yours. It's your whole brand now. Exactly. Uh, you know what? I have considered shaving, and it's just like I. If you do shave, it. you're gonna have to start digitally putting the mustache in in your videos, and that's just gonna you be a what? pain. I will man. say. Not because of this, but I do have fake mustaches in my room that look fake. <laughs> Just in case, you know, and one day I might mess up shaving and I have to do it. Hey, you might have to replace that, you know. I used to have like the just the just the chin strap right here, the strip going down the middle when I was younger. You know how hard that is to keep even consistently for long periods of time? It was it was a constant like pain in my butt. Yeah, I mean, it's for like people like always the ask soul, me. The soul patch, yeah, the little soul patch there. Oh no, I, would, I wouldn't just leave the little bit right here. I would, I'd have like the full strip like, oh. down the bottom of my chin. Oh yeah. People always ask me if I shave the middle. No, that's just all natural. That's just how that's it good. doesn't grow right need, there. <laughs> I don't need to. Work I would on have that. to shave the center of mine because it grows in just. <laughs> Funny, i don't know but okay, yeah don't take you're doing this the entire time <laughs> now we're sitting here messing with our faces like oh uh, but i think that's about all we've got for everybody tonight um <laughs> seems what like a ending. good spot to end on the mustache <laughs> hey, talk full circle right hey we started talking about the mustache we got to end it on the mustache the circle right? of life 100 percent. so real quick before we sign out of here is there anything you want to plug real quick before we get out of here um first of all i don't i know this is not what i was asked but i do want to thank you guys for having me on uh oh, 100%, man. and uh, i am a part of their initiative so maybe i'm calling myself great as well but uh <laughs> you are great their initiative is great um i want to plug um crossover comics you know look it up on on tiktok want to plug you know my tiktok of course it's right there showing on the screen for right everybody. There. comic book stash and stash as in mustache not as in like things you say um and my podcast uh color break me and cody collects uh cody with a k we decided to start this podcast that we don't take seriously but we do you know mm-hmm. we're just chatting that's the whole concept of it we're not gonna I mean, we'll do re- we'll read a book, but we won't do the most research. It's just two friends talking. So if it's it's based on jazz because I drive listening to jazz, mm. and uh, I don't need to put my mind into it. I don't need to pay attention to the jazz. 
So if you want to drive and just listen to two people talk about nothing and not really pay that much attention, color break. There you go. And everybody, make sure you go follow Michael on Twitter at the Real Rothman, as opposed to the fake Rothman. You know, as opposed yeah, to the yeah. fake Rothman. We don't like don't him. believe any of those imitators. We got the real deal here. And then you can find me at JJ's Comic Stuff pretty much everywhere on social media. If I'm not named that somewhere, please let me know and I will change it to that. So, <laughs> um, yeah, make sure you guys come and check us out. All three of us are going to be at C2E2 this mm -hmm. year. So that's going to be fun, including a whole bunch of other members of Nerd Initiative. Yeah. More stuff to announce about that later down the line. Um, yeah, I think that's everything. Make sure you guys check out nerdinitiative.com for all the latest. And we will see you guys again in, what, two weeks from today? So be safe, be kind, and take it easy, guys. <laughs>